0: Greetings and welcome to Nodcast with Nod founding members Paddy Shine and Chris Haslam. Nod bless. John Perry. Yeah, yeah don't leave the meeting. Not, you, not yet.
1: Not, not yet. until
0: we tell you to, to go. Yeah. So, John Perry, AKA, aka The Beast, Sean Perry. Beast. How the Born. fuck are you? Good, yeah. Good, man. Yeah, good. Welcome to the Nodcast.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So you are, I think you are the last of the batch of current nod members that we're we've we're interviewing. Um cool. and uh so yeah, welcome to the show. You already know the crack. I don't I I'm not gonna say the same thing I say every podcast, but, um, but it's uh yeah it's just about getting to know really the heads the heads that are involved and what 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 you've been what you have been up to and you well know, what's led you to be at this place to be playing with nod you know so john you've been how 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 many years have you been with nod now well, I think I've joined
2: towards the back end of two thousand and fifteen, I think just as we were getting ready to. Right, the Just Say No stuff and take that on tour.
0: So ah, did, right.
2: We did the the first tour I did was, um yeah, the 2016. I think we did like three weeks in Europe uh, and then obviously got back and did the Just Say No record. So did we start writing that in 2015? Yeah. It felt to me from memory, it felt like we were writing that for quite some time. So it was around the time when I lived basically opposite the mill, and we were rehearsing like I don't know. It felt felt like maybe three times a week at least for for a good few months writing that stuff. Um, and then we had a one-off show yeah. at the mill. Yeah. Were we in the small Oh, that room? was the. Yeah, the small room. The old mob room, yeah, behind the behind the stage at the mill.
0: Was that the show that we did with housewives? That first show. It, it was, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: the only it one was. I
0: remember.
2: Was, the only one I remember with Housewives was the one in in Bristol.
0: Yeah, um, no, I think I think the first show we did playing the Just Say No stuff was at the Mill, and Housewives were playing, and right. I think we had a bit of a shitter of a show. I remember it being a bit of a shitter yeah. of a show, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. Like
2: afterwards, we were like, "Fuck, we need to step this up a bit." Yeah, but they were new yeah. tracks, weren't they? And it was a new new setup, two drummers. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, and it was like a kind of a new style of music that we were playing. Really, it was it was uncharted territory for Nod. It was kind of like songs, you know, wasn't it? It was songs that had like kind of pretty weird arts.
2: structures, arrangements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that struck yeah. me because when I joined I, Nod, I didn't really know much of Nod before that. So I I don't think I'd even seen you guys live before I joined. Somehow wow, I missed you-, you every time you played in Manchester. Why? Why the fuck um, did you join us then? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Well, these might be good. <laughs> I'll join and see. Yeah. See if they're any good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was that time at the mill where I was kind of getting to know. I'd, I'd moved to Manchester in, I think it was like 2010, and I'd kind of started working at the Bay Or and met all the sort of MK crew, so the Fat Out crew, Verity, were Emma, De- like the McLeans, and they sort yeah, of introduced yeah. me to the, the music scene in Manchester that they were a part of, and a lot of that revolved around the mill. So I yeah. started coming down the mill quite a lot, and um, Dave was doing those like Tomb Vision jams, uh, if you remember yeah. them. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's when I first played with you guys, and... That's probably when the conversation started about joining Nod. I think you were doing Infinity Machines with Charles Haywood. Was, was that with Charles Haywood?
0: It wasn't with Charles, no. No, that was um, uh, was that An- Anonymous Bash. Oh, An- ah, that was Bash. Yeah.
2: Anonymous uh, Bash. Anonymous Bash. So those sort of jams were kind of loosely similar to that, I think. And then um, the first time I, re- I remember jamming with you was at those two Vision jams. And then I guess we got chatting after that and and you asked about me joining on drums and coming down for a jam. And then it kind of just went from there, I think.
0: Yeah, cool. Cool. So, I mean, at that point, was, was was Danny Watson playing with us at that point? Or did he come in after? We... It, it
2: was around the same time. I think we started those jams with the two drums in mind. Mm-hmm. So we started, off, I think we started off jamming actually in the mill space, in the club space um mm. and there were, there were times when danny wasn't there and it was just me and, and you guys and then i think there was times when it was just danny and, and not me mm. and then we, we all got together and i think we did we ended up doing quite a bit down at Hala mill the
0: old studio i had there down in stockport mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah i remember that yeah fucking hell yeah and jesus then, christ uh, yeah yeah yeah, it's going uh, yeah right yeah. So that was quite a lot. It was quite a long process, wasn't it? Then getting just say no together. It's a lot longer process than I fucking remember. It's the longest yeah, process
2: yeah. I've had with Nod in any t- in terms of writing material and stuff.
1: Mm, wow. Well, I think there was yeah. an idea at the time, wasn't there, that we were going to do like a half synth, half um, band kind of setup. Not yeah, half, synth, you- half band, but half synth, half guitars kind of setup. Yeah, yeah and, and you had kind of. Sorry, you had the
2: you had the bass synth, didn't you? And yeah, you, I think you were playing bass and bass synth at one point, and then Marlon was on
1: bass. Yeah, and I was trying to put the bass through the synth as well and get kind of like a a double tone kind of thing going on, and that didn't really work. I remember trying that at that room in Stockport.
2: Yeah. It's fucking annoying actually because there was one jam that we had there that that with that setup that was fucking quality. Yeah. Like, I lost a hard drive. Lost everything
1: that was on it, and, yeah, then, yeah. and that, which is a bit, which is a shitter. But um, I remember it being. Actually,
0: a, it happens. It does. That have been it happened.
1: Helped. That would have been quite interesting because it would have been like just say no on since, wouldn't it, or something? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was we were playing those tracks, but we were just working them out how how, how they were going to be. Yeah. Ah, yeah, mm. strange.
2: But they, mm. I mean, those tracks really came together on the tour, I think, didn't
0: they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, it all happened on the tour, and then we and we had a fucking mental tour, absolutely mental tour, from what I remember of that one, it was a bit bit crazy, but it was perfect just, because was it, we got. In. I think <laughs> straight after we got off. Uh, well, well, for me, it was
2: just, it was the first tour, It was the first ever tour I did, so I was just like fucking taking it all in, like what what's this madness? It was. Fucking great. I mean I loved it. A, a great experience. Yeah, it was but good. Was a it was a good tour
1: and... Yeah. It was a good I tour. I think that Definitely. was the one where we did all the we did the most miles, didn't we? I think. Because we went all around drive. Spain and Portugal. Yeah. And we I think we did Italy as well on that same saying Yeah, flight.
2: we did we did that massive drive
0: through the Swiss Alps into Italy, I think. And yeah, there was, was some big ones. Was that your fortieth birthday tour, Chris?
1: I think it might have been, yeah, 2016. When you, when was you sh- it or something?
2: Yeah,
0: when you, yeah, sh- yeah. You, shaved, you shaved all your dreads off, and you had just one big dread, and you were you were yeah. a man on a mission I think, just. I don't think you even had one dread. You you, you totally got
2: rid
1: of it all. I
0: think. Were you on a mission to just sniff all the drugs in the world?
1: <laughs> I think it was the last time. It was the last uh, period in my life where I was doing that. Yeah, but I was yeah. just like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go all out, and then after about a week, I was like, nah, fuck this. It's too hard. <laughs> it's too hard. I can't do it anymore." And I cut my last dread off and uh, moved on. Yeah, <laughs> I got some tracksuits,
0: and you were just, fucking uh,
1: a lot of counting on that tour. Yeah,
0: well. <laughs> just, was, was that was that the tour where we all got on the valiums after we'd had too we'd had too many uppers, and we fucking um, at one point. We were in Italy and some played in some venue in Torino, and all I remember is rakes throwing a chair at my head and me slapping rakes on the face. <laughs> and, and, like, and yeah, I think that that's that's all I remember. And then I think afterwards we all had a chat afterwards, didn't we? And we were all like, no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't do that. We We should be like, we should calm down on the volumes. It might not have been that tour. Was it the I don't tour that we I think was my tour. Have been that one with fish. Maybe the one before. I think that was the one before, actually. I think it was, yeah, no, it was the tour before because it was the Mirror Tour. It was the, right. the, 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 the tour. Your first tour, I think, was the one where we played in Hamburg and then me and Chris played a set at the Golden Poodle. Nah, because I've, I've, I've not
2: been to Germany with you guys yet. Yeah. Oh, right,
0: fuck's sake.
2: Did what? you I say hello? No remember. What, what I remember about you saying was it was probably the first time we'd done some shows in Spain, so we did like the we did the Basque and the Basque country and um...
0: ah it was that tour okay yeah that yeah, was well, nice, you know,
1: that was I see on Mutante to tour yeah was it, yeah, it, was a, it was I see Mutante when
2: yeah. when uh, Chris wouldn't give up the DJ at that one that one venue. Oh, fuck
1: and I was, oh I was, yeah, I was, <laughs> five eventually I today, yeah. oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Almost started a fight with them two fucking that brothers.
0: Was in, that, like. was in, yeah. that was in. Uh, that was in. That was in That was the name of the town. Ascoitia. Matador. The name
1: you not it. Yeah.
0: The Matador. Home. Yeah. It used to be an old. It used to be an old slaughterhouse. Mm. That's it. That,
2: Danny. It old, Danny slept uh, on the stage. Dan, Danny ended up sleeping on the stage, rolled up in his drum carpet. <laughs> and there was, there was like. It was like a bunch of, uh, I think they were teachers, actually, that stayed the whole night and uh, they were like rubbing his back out of his pockets and that because they were just
0: off their tits on speed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good gig, that. I think that was like a Monday night, wasn't it? And it was fucking buzzing. It was ramble. I don't even remember the gig, to be honest. I just remember the party afterwards. Yeah, the gig was good. The gig was good. Yeah. yeah, I loved, I loved that touring around Spain. I fucking loved it. it yeah. I'd love to do, I'd love to do that again. Actually, um, mm. yeah, I mean, yeah, it was nice. Some of that. those I've drives, had... like the the drive from Lisbon up back up into the north of Spain after we played at about four o'clock in the morning at Lisbon Psych Fest. Do you remember that? Yeah, so we don't, we don't have We are we, we absolutely off our trolleys, and uh, poor Dutch Pete had to to drive us all. Uh, yeah fucking hell it was, it was a I, I was fucking having a panic
2: attack, attack man i remember like i remember like leaning over the seat because i i had my back to the to, to the driver so i'm going backwards and i was fucking having a bit of a whitey i remember like leaning over the seat just going pete do you mind just like slowing down a little bit i don't think he was
0: <laughs> like
2: that, but i was just having visions of because we we're going over those mountains i was thinking we're just gonna fucking die in a minute. Like, <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah. was, that, was that the one when I got arrested as well? Well, I almost got arrested on the motorway. They took your passport off, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Sneaky bastards, yeah. But like the yeah. crummiest, tiniest all- bit of weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, like,
0: for like two spliffs worth of
1: hash. wasn't even yeah. a spliff worth, I don't think. Yeah. They took all our passports
2: off us, let us go, and then when Paddy was handing them back out, it was like, ah, oh, where's Chris's? So we had to fucking go back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times, good times. Yeah, yeah. Was good. So, so JP, um give us a little bit of a, a backstory of like, what, what, you know, what, how you got into music and where you where you grew up, how you got into music, and what, what you know, how how you got to where you are now, basically, man. Just for the listeners and that, for any of the listeners might might not know much about you.
2: Yeah, um basically fucking I was born in I was born in London, but uh, I sort of lived there only for two years. And we moved up to a little market town called Osstry. Um so my dad worked for BT, so they he got a job up there. So we moved up to this little market town, which has like got a population of about fifteen thousand people, very small, a lot of pubs and not much else. Um as long as I can remember, I've always Wanted to play music. I mean, I wanted to be a drummer even when I, I think even when I was like eight or something like that. Like I had a little keyboard at home that had, you know, like the, the top four keys had drums on them. So you could like yeah. play yeah. beats on the top four keys. So that was like my introduction yeah. to, to drums was just playing on this. Cause my little brother can play the piano like a beast. He's fucking awesome. But I, I just played on these little pads. Um, <laughs> and I always wanted to be in bands. So um, in our Street, there wasn't much going on musically. There was a lot of pubs, but no venues. Um, but I, I ended up knocking around. I got into skateboarding basically, and ended up knocking around with quite a lot of older lads that were sort of five years older than me, sort of towards the end of school. And they were all into music, like it was fucking you know Nirvana, the sort of grunge era, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'd managed to persuade my parents to buy me a drum kit. So I had a kit and I used to just um, play that at home. Um, I ended up playing, like starting a band, basically a covers band with some mates that, were, that I was skating with at the time. And we just did like Nirvana covers. And um, it, it was kind of just a bit of fun in, in a, mate, a mate's garage, basically. Um, yeah. We did the odd gig, like we used to play house parties and that. Um, but as I got older, like... It, all my mates, we were like into music, seriously, like we'd sit around every night smoking weed, listening to tunes, talking about being in bands, wanting to wanting to do it, but it was something that never really happened in Osler Street. Like you, you basically had to leave Osler Street if you were going to do anything. So eventually I got with a girl and um, she suggested she'd been to Brighton uni and she suggested that we move down to Brighton. Um, so, when I was, I think I was 18, I moved down to Brighton with her and went to study at BIM, the music college, um, which is where I met more people my age that were actually serious about doing music rather than just kind of talking about it. I was think it was like a, a kind of dream period where we all used to just chat about how great music was, listen to music, you know, but never really follow through on it and do anything. So it yeah, felt like the right yeah. thing to do was to leave and, and get down to Brighton. So I moved to Brighton and, and just fucking got in. I think at one point I was in like eight bands down in Brighton, just playing as much as possible. Um, ended up dropping out of college just to play music and, and work because it's so fucking expensive to live there. Yeah, um, um, yeah and got in, like a, got in a band there called Throne to the Wolves where the singer was like a promoter. So he actually started. That was when I first started playing proper gigs because he was a he was a booking guy. So he was getting us some some pretty decent gigs, playing all the venues in Brighton and London, um, and and that's kind of like where I started thinking, oh, this is something I could do properly, um, if you like. Mm-hmm. It just it felt like it was a bit more real doing that, you know, play actually getting out there and playing playing shows to people that you don't know rather than just to your mates and all that. Um, but yeah, so as long as I can remember, I wanted to play drums, so it's, it's just something that I've always done and always wanted to do. I, I do find myself, or did find myself, moving around quite a lot and playing in a lot of different bands, just trying to take as many opportunities as possible. Um, but a lot of those bands weren't really what I wanted to be doing, if you like, it was just the fact because yeah. they were doing stuff. It was worth me being in them. Um, but I eventually, you, left you, you,
0: you I just want one. to play. You just want to play, don't you? That's basically that's, yeah.
2: I just want to play as much as possible. Um, and mm. I've always had a, an interest in the recording side of it as well, but could never get my head round it at, at that time, like in my twenties, just because of. Sort of gear you need to be able to do it. So I always struggled with that. I had like a fucking Windows PC that I couldn't get any interfaces to work on and any of that stuff. So eventually left Brighton due just due to living costs and a breakup and all that. And moved moved back to my hometown, Osstry, where um I met well, got got with Ella. Obviously, known Ella my whole life. She's my wife, so uh, yeah. we've known each other since we were like thirteen. We got together. And she wanted to come up to Manchester to study, so we moved up to Manchester, and that's when it really started kicking off. When I met, like, basically, when I met you guys and and sort of the lads from Milton Kings and all that. Yeah,
0: uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's funny that, isn't it? You know, you move up to Manchester. And you meet a fucking load of heads from Milton Keynes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but, but I think they will have a similar thing.
2: Like, I mean, I, I think there's a little bit more going on in Milton Keynes than there was in Osler
0: Street, but I guess they, they left there for a reason. Um, yeah. And, well, and it, they... it was one of the best things that happened to Manchester at that period was yeah. all those Milton Keynes lot coming to Manchester because they brought a lot of fucking fresh energy. Yeah. To start yeah. putting on, they put on loads of shows, and they were bringing on bringing loads of bands through, and it was really, really, they, they really fucking filled the hole in the sort of gig scene that was going on. Didn't,
1: and they, not put only, on, didn't not they put on like second show or something? I'm sure yeah. Emma put our second show on or something or third show.
0: Yeah, yeah. At yeah. Saki Bar, I think we played yeah. at Saki Bar. Uh, but another thing that they did was they brought the vibes, man. They're a bunch of hilarious, <laughs> mad. Bastards and bitches, yeah. which I kind of <laughs> Sorry, like. A uh, right? lot like of them they are all—they're all, like all crazy. Bit, yeah. in with them. I think I went out yeah.
2: the first time I went out with Dave. Dave McLean. We went to see Harvey Milk down at the Roadhouse, and nice. there was about eighteen people. There was about eighteen people at the show, and I got absolutely smashed and had a whale of a time. But obviously, made an impression on Dave. He thought it was fucking hilarious. And, <laughs> kind of bonded over the fact that we were both ridiculously wrecked and and uh, and and then after that we we just started playing together I and mean, when we did like snakes and
0: um yeah. and
2: been was yeah. still a bit aging with him now so
0: yeah yeah I mean in those days everybody was getting on it. Yeah. we? were all getting as leaded as possible. It's not it's not really like that anymore. Everybody's a bit more chill out now, aren't they? Um and which is good because all that oh, energy is okay. getting put into 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 doing stuff
1: can i yeah. ask a question so um what what's your earliest musical memory <laughs>
2: earliest musical memory um to be honest like i think like proper musical memory is i was fucking what does proper was, mean
1: was, what does proper mean
2: well, one that I can actually really remember. <laughs> all right. I like, thought you I mean, had one that you
1: were thinking, oh, that doesn't sound very good. I'll miss that one out.
2: No, no, not at all, man. I mean, <laughs> when I was about six or seven, I was obsessed with Michael Jackson. So, like, one of the earliest memories I've got is having the, thr- um, the, the they showed Thriller on the TV, the, the video for Thriller. And, um, my bit. My older brother recorded it because my mum wouldn't let me watch it. Because <laughs> I th- probably thought it was un- you know, inappropriate for a, a fucking seven-year-old or whatever to watch. Yeah. So he recorded it onto a VHS. So I had this VHS tape with Thriller on that whenever my parents weren't around, I would stick on and watch. <laughs> so that's like uh, a pretty early memory. And another one, again, nice. was Michael like Jackson thing, reading the, the linear notes in the Bad album. And um, I rem- I think I remember reading something about Mike- Michael Jackson did a lot of the drums on that, or had a lot to do with the drum production. So that was like, got me buzzing about, because I always wanted to be a drummer from as, like I said, as, as early as I can remember. So that was like yeah. a bit of a buzz.
0: Um, yeah, I get it. But, um, that yeah, must my- have sparked something then kind of, right, oh.
2: Yeah, like my older brother, Mike, he's, um, he was like a proper metaller. Uh, you know, I made Guns N' Roses. He was at that era in, in his prime like his early, I suppose 18, 20, when all that that stuff was kicking off. So he he just had loads of music, always introducing me to like these bands. He was a big Bon Jovi fan. So I like was listening to a lot of that sort of stuff when I was very young. Um, yeah. and that kind of you know got me into into rock music, I guess. That's kind of why I went that way. It it kind of appealed to me more than anything else.
1: Um, you know, but remember anything Anything, what, sorry? Any Anything earlier than that, like when you were like a small kid? No well, I, I mean, any- yeah.
2: So I, I suppose like small, when I was really small, it was like, yeah, it was Michael Jackson and, and whatever was popular at the time. Yeah. Like uh, E17, <laughs> I think... Um, uh, I remember listening to, like, obviously Oasis was quite a big thing when I was in primary school. Right. Like, um, I think I was in year six.
1: Fucking hell. You make me feel old. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's the one... Uh, you are old. Like a are you smoking... What's that
1: track? Yeah, I'm smoking a vape. <laughs> yeah. well, hey, so listen, so listen,
0: John Perry, Um, did you, for me, I... Remember Michael Jackson thriller, right? When it came out, it must have been when it came out. And yeah, like I remember before. the first time I saw it on the telly. Yeah. And I fucking was so fucking scared. Yeah. I hid under the table, fucking c- crying.
1: Yeah. I was really?
0: so absolutely scared out of my wits. I was, wit by I was it, the yeah. same. I had
1: to leave the yeah,
0: room. It, it freaked me out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it it man. freaked me out. And then it scared the living shit out of me. And then I used to, at the end of the album and it's got that voice going "If you go out at nighttime or, or whatever. And it's got the guy laughing going, of the, surprise, the album. Uh, yeah. I used to, I used to listen to the tape and then when it got to dap it, at the end, I'd fucking freak out and run out of the room that I was listening to the ah. tape in, <laughs> and like just run to it. To, to the kitchen or whatever and be like, I love it.
1: There's a, yeah, a similar track. I, 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 keep there's listening to the Boy, tape. There's yeah. a
2: Pink Floyd track, isn't there, where there's a, like a baby crying on it, like a baby scream. I think it's Pink Floyd. Like we mm-hmm. used to go around, uh, like when I was in school, we used to go around this guy's house to buy weed, and he'd always put it on. So we, he was one of those dealers where you'd go around and have to have a smoke with him. So we'd all go around, yeah. smoke a and then he'd put this fucking Pink Floyd track on, and everyone would just. Fucking always, start, always the same just one. Just start melting, yeah, because it's like this baby screaming, and we were all like. It must Fitty. have been the wall. Yeah, I think it's on the wall, innit? Like, oh, yeah. 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 Well, that that was one <laughs> of them. Made me fucking melt. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And I always used to put yeah. music on to go to sleep when I was like in, in the early teens. To get, like, really stoned and then be going to sleep. And I was, like, a massive tool, like love tool. And then they had some weird track at the end of one of their albums where it would finish. And then about five or ten minutes later, this thing kicked in. So you, like, just drop it off. And then all of a sudden, it's like, what the fuck is this? You'd, like, wake up in a bit of a nightmare. Because this yeah. weird track's come on.
1: There's one. Oh. I'll tell you what's a fucker for that. Sonic Youth, Experimental Trash and No Star. Right. And these are fucking... Um, it's like a jet plane or something. Is it that one? Is it Bad Moon Rising? There's one of them anyway where there's a fucking jet. It's like silent for about four or five minutes and then a fucking yeah. jet plane flying overhead comes on. And he, he just used to always wake me up like, fucking out. you know what I mean? Just sounded like your house was falling down kind of thing. I love
2: that stuff, man. I've not heard an album I can remember recently where there is one of those kind of like secret tracks at the end or... Yeah. Or, or but I things. guess,
0: I, I guess that's because fucking, we don't really listen to CDs anymore, right? Yeah. Nah. So, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they were the kind of thing that you don't only really ever get on CDs, like secret tracks. Mm. Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? You can't,
0: you can't, you can't, you can't really have it on a digital, a digital stream or, or on a, on a record, can you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the one of the cool things about CDs you could get these secret tracks on them. Mm. Yeah. So when you got up to Manchester then JP and you met all the Milton Keynes lot and that were you still playing in the band Throne to the Wolves was that was that still going? I,
2: that had stopped but I play. I still played a band called Blackstorm that I was doing in Brighton which is just some guys I met at BIM they kind of oh, work great. at BIM. Uh, and I'm still doing that we we kind of just started doing that again now There's a bit of a ad hoc thing just just for the crack because the singer Carl moved to America for a bit but he's come back and we had some demos knocking about um and we decided to just sort of record it but it's it's kind of been interesting because we live miles apart so what we do now is I'll record they'll like send me a scratch guitar bass track, I'll do me drums, send it back, they'll go in the studio. Do the guitars, vocals, and bass, and then send it back to me, and I've I've been mixing it, and then we're just putting it out that way, well, um, which is kind of.
0: Well, I can't, away. I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine doing music like that. I mean, I wish, I wish, I had, I wish I had it in me to do it like that, but I just can't even. Can't it's imagine not the
2: same it. Same it's not the same. I mean, like what what we do. I prefer to be honest. Where we get in a room and we jam. And we jam and we jam until something comes out of it. And we record Mm -hmm. it, listen back, then go Mm -hmm. back, embellish on it, pick the good bits, you know, and work on it. And I kind of much prefer working that way. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, Like, I mean, we don't get in a room and someone's got a a whole song written, structured, and that's it. Um, But it is quite nice to have someone give you a a track and I just get to play drums to it. It's
0: quite a nice nice way yeah. to do it yeah and so tell me like out of a has has nod been like a how does nod compare to all the other bands that you've played in is it how's your not how, how's your nod experience been so far basically i guess is what i'm saying
2: love it great um i'd say out of any kind of music i've done it's changed my life the most it's kind of I'm doing what I wanted to be doing. I feel like it's a proper unit. I feel like the work ethic of everyone in the band is there. Everyone's pushing to do better things every time. It's prolific. You know, that's kind of my thing is that I like the fact that we don't sit around and and just sit on stuff and, and maybe like keep revisiting it. I like the fact that it's kind of, organic we go in we do our thing we put it out it's a record it's done we move on to the next one i love that about Nodge. Yeah. um yeah. and I kind of, it's kind of like um it's kind of like how how i feel like the melvins work because again they're, they're like my still probably my favorite band purely for the fact that, of their work ethic they just make music put it out like Buzz Osborne always says, like he doesn't even listen to what they've done. He just does it and then he moves on and hopefully the next thing he does is better. And I kind of feel Nod does that and I like <clears throat> the fact that Nod collaborates and nothing's off off bounds. you know what I mean? Like, there's I don't feel like I could ever come into a Nod practice with something and someone just says, nah, don't do that, don't want to do that. It's like all ideas are explored. I just like that fact that it's an open thing where everyone's got an equal part to play. If you see what I mean. Do
0: you feel like um, you've learned much. You feel like you've learned anything or learned much by being playing with us, man.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like like I was saying before, like sort of not going in and writing tracks in the traditional sense, being mm. able to like adapt and play songs differently each time that kind of thing and and maybe laying back a little bit more, not Mm -hmm. being such um, you know, like I was a very excitable drummer in my twenties, maybe trying to be a bit too fancy and 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 all that stuff. And and really like Nod's taught me to just lay back and fucking hammer it and keep the keep the fucking groove going. Yeah. Um which is, you know, that's that's kind of been great because like I said before, I was always trying to do maybe I've been in bands where I've been trying to play stuff that maybe is a bit too technical for what my ability is and it kind of takes away from the music. So being, being able to lay back and let other people add to it instead of me trying to do everything it has been a really cool cool thing about Nod.
0: Nice. Well, I guess that maybe comes as, comes as well. It probably comes as well with sort of getting a bit older and, and playing a bit more. You realise that it's 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 yeah it's we're just we're just a part of oh you know it's the sum of many parts is it is that does that is that the right thing to say you know i mean it's not about one person doing everything it's just about all these very simple parts coming together to create a groove whether it's a groove that smashes your head in or a groove that just lies underneath it's it's you know it's, it's
2: it's a really strong collective energy i think nod like when we're all playing together, there's
0: there's an energy there that I've not really experienced in any other band. Mm. Yeah, I'd have to Which say like when when you pretty got pretty when you got involved it, when you got involved with Nod, it definitely added a whole new dynamic to the band because all of a sudden there was like real power because you bring the power, like yeah. you bring really rock solid, steady power. I mean, definitely the power and the different dynamic that you brought into it came just in the, at the right time as well for just say no, because that album required it to be very, it had to be very like, you know, kind of straight and hard hitting and fucking just like fast and tight. Yeah. And like you, you definitely bring that to it. I mean, obviously we had the added element of Dan Watson, who was kind of doing the more sort of weirder off beat stuff for that album, but it was like basically you on the drums that propelled it, and I remember that I think that was the first time where I ever really felt that kind of propulsion behind me playing it in nod. would you say the same, Chris? would you agree with that statement?
1: yeah, it was it's, I mean when i I mean I didn't think well we can kind of feel at the time as well, but I think it more now looking back at. It being in a series around other albums, but it's kind of like an anarcho punk take on what we do in it really um yeah. and yeah, I mean at that time as well, we were writing these like kind of mono block riffs, like really wanted it to be quite hard hitting and uh yeah j p just came in and just fucking drummed right through it all, you know what I mean and. Yeah. I i don't think I can't think of other drummers that would fit that kind of style. You know what I mean? Where I can actually just fucking power on through it all. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That was that was great for me because, like I was saying before, the bands I'd been in previously, it was all kind of traditional verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle eight. You know, not saying it was boring or or anything like that, but but the the nods thing of where it was like. Right, we're going to do fucking eight minutes of this fucking pummeling <laughs> beat. And and for me, that was great, because that's what I get. I get a, I was getting a buzz off that. It's the sort of thing that when I'm playing it, I get the shivers up the fucking thing and it makes me want to go harder. And, you know, you're just pushing yourself to your limit, basically. I remember getting yeah, nice. to, the, to like the end of those songs and the sets and being like, fuck, that was like the biggest, best release possible. <laughs> and that's kind of what i want out of music i yeah, mean i yeah, love listening
0: yeah. chasing that yeah.
2: i love recording it i love you know i love all, everything about music but but that feeling of pushing yourself to to a, a place that you can't get to any other way is is what i get mm-hmm. out of those fucking gnarly nod tracks
1: yeah I remember yeah, when we changed, changed bodies that. to like speeding up at the end, and you were like, yeah. "Oh fuck!"
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it gets to a point where I actually can't do it, like, and I'm yeah. pulling apart. But I mean, that's that's the
0: beauty of it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, good. It's good to fall apart. It's good to fall apart, man. Definitely, man. Yeah. It's great.
2: <laughs> it, it, is, it, is,
0: it is a buzz, man. Doing the shows when you get when we do get to push it to the fucking max, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's it's what I it's what I always wanted to do with music, was like get to a point of where you were just yeah absolutely pushing it to to the limit, um, and having fun doing it. You know, it's um, yeah, what a what a buzz! Lucky bastards that we are that we (laughs) actually get to do it. We even do it in the rehearsal room as well. I'm shit in the rehearsal room half the time. Just, I mean, having a great time just. To me, pushing it like, too too much. Probably a bit being able to forget about everything else and
2: just totally lose yourself in that in that moment, really.
0: Yeah, be completely be completely present. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And so, uh, how have you found uh, the double drumming, like drumming with Jesse? Because he's another powerhouse as well, and he? he's got a different style, but he's fucking he's another fucking beast too, isn't he? I I love drumming with
2: Jesse. Um, It's funny, like you know, like I I, I sent that little thing I'd done last night. um, It was a jam me, Chris, and Jesse had had. I think we've used some of it for a nod release. But um, just listening to to what Jesse does, I kind of feel like I'm I'm the guy that's like holding down, like you said, the, the big backbeat, beast beat, and Jesse's tight with it, whereas you know, like you're saying, Danny was kind of doing a lot of the loose, kind of frilly stuff around it. Jesse is yeah. is a completely different style to me, but he is tight as fuck as well. So yeah. playing with Jesse, I, it, I, I really enjoy playing with Jesse. Is is awesome. <laughs> yeah,
0: two hard hitters, man.
2: And and a hard hitter, yeah.
0: Again, like having, yeah. I, I, so again, having when when we got to the point of where we were having you and Jesse behind us at gigs. Like, now that is a propulsion unit right there. That is the fiercest propulsion unit I've ever experienced in a band, playing in a band with. And it's it's hard to imagine not having that going on now with Nod. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. when, when we've done show, shows and tours or parts of tours, when you've not been able to be there or, or whatever, and, and it's just Jesse. I mean, it works. It works. It always works because we can play the tracks. But it yeah. really steps the game up when there's two of you are there. Like, you know, and it's just like, yeah, this, and this, it's man. always a buzz to turn around and see two two sweaty fucking heads just fucking dying.
2: <laughs> well, I was just <laughs> going to say I mean, the same thing. Like, one, I one, always... of the, one of the best things about playing with Jesse is I'll look, I'll look across every now and, now, now and then at him and just see his face. <laughs> basically expressing what i'm feeling <laughs> it's just we can uh, keep doing it for a bit longer i hope
0: oh <laughs> ah, yeah yeah uh, there's no sign of it fucking stopping anytime soon is there like yeah no
2: oh, no not at all no it's just no, been that unless that energy no. and power up is 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 uh I think it probably gets a little bit
0: harder as we get older, but I don't know. ah, I don't know, man. I can fucking I can teach you a few little techniques to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. but you might have to you might have to stop drinking. You might have to stop drinking and smoking. Now that's that that's one of the things, or just start drinking and smoking more. Maybe you know what I mean? uh, yeah, yeah.
2: the think is, like. When I get on the kit, it's the one thing that makes me feel better. You know, like I have the bad back thing and all that shit. Um, it's the one time when that doesn't that just disappears. So it, it is a it's, it's, it's my happy place on the kit for sure.
0: You are right, talking about the back thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Mind me asking you about it. Yeah. yeah. So, basically... so tell tell us what, what 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 exactly is going on with the back? What have you got going on there? Uh, The back thing is something that's happened
2: when I was 18, 19. I slipped the disc. I used to be a tree surgeon. When I left school, I I started working as a tree surgeon. um, And I was quite young. I did an apprenticeship, so I was like 16, 17. Obviously getting in some pretty heavy manual labor and working fucking full on long days, lifting a lot of weight like logs and shit that I probably shouldn't have been lifting uh so I slipped the disc when I was I think I was 18 um and had surgery on on my back to just shave a bit of the bulging disc off um and that kind of helped for a bit but the back went again slipped another disc when I was probably in my mid-20s um and then it went again when I was in my late 20s and the, the third time it went it it damaged the nerve so i've got chronic they call it chronic nerve pain so it's never going to get better uh and it was fucking agony for a couple of years i mean it was just it was actually around the just say no tour where i was in in limbo because i I've, i've got a eventually got a stimulator put in my back which is like a two two leads that go down my spine And they have little electrodes in them that send that sends out signals that intercepts the nerves signals basically that helps numb the pain. But for a while, a couple of years, I was in like absolute pain with my legs and feet that it just doesn't go away. So it's pretty fucking hard, fucking hard. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, like the way I look at it is, I've, I've lived in some kind of form of chronic pain since I was. Nineteen, um, but you just kind of learn wow. to deal with it. Um, yeah, and I've obviously. Yeah, for lucky. sure, man. Lucky with the stimulator. And not everyone. I, I got got lucky because I went to Salford Royal Hospital and they were trialing this this stimulator, and they offered it to me. And I said, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll do it." Um, and uh, if I if I hadn't got that, I don't know where I'd be now. To be honest, because it's given me Seven years of relief. Which wow. I didn't have, I think I'd be in a much worse place than I am now. I mean I'm still well, in pain at the time, but it's nowhere near as bad.
1: Yeah. Fucking
0: hell, kind of, dude, that's fucking yeah.
1: Did you did yeah. you ever get any I mean, did anything ever come of the um you know, because obviously you got injured at work. Did you get did you get any payout off that or anything or did they look no, after you I, after it?
2: I didn't really pursue it at the time because um, it, it, it could have, I mean, it wasn't necessarily because of work. The way my back went was I sat up in bed one morning, ah. literally just sat up and it just went bing. And ah. I couldn't fucking, it was like the most pain I've ever felt. And I, I had to get my girlfriend to carry me out into, into the car and she took me home and I just laid on the floor and it's basically that was just like sciatica really but it didn't happen at work I right. only presumed that it was because I was so young you know like when you're developing you shouldn't really be lifting as much as I was I was like it's that kind of work environment where you're getting a job done and it was like lifting stuff like big logs into trailers and shit and just getting it done I can only imagine, I mean, it could have. It might not have been that that did it. So there's no real proof that it was a work-related injury. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like when I cut my fucking finger off with a chainsaw, that was a work-related injury. <laughs> but uh, but that was that was different. It, that was obviously done at work. Um, when did you do like, that? Um. When I was about seven, uh, I was probably eight seventeen, eighteen. It was just before I moved to Brighton, six months before I moved to Brighton to uh, to go and study drums, I nearly cut my finger off of the chainsaw.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, man! That Watch was
2: like a, that was a hell of a day. I remember. <laughs> but I was lucky with that. Again, it healed really well. The doctor said, like, I'm probably going to lose my finger. I'll never be able to move it again. But it's healed fine. I've just got a bit of a weird nail now where the bed's,
0: like, cut in half. Mm. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking hell, man. You've been through the wars. You've oh, been had, through the wars.
2: I've had so many injuries. I do, um, yeah, I, I didn't treat myself very well, I guess, in my younger years, but, yeah. you know, you don't when you think, you think you're think you invincible. But
0: that's, That fucking skateboarder mentality, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Well, that's it.
2: I mean, I've had the cartilage removed out of both my knees. I think that's from ska- skating.
0: You know, Fucking yeah.
2: broken bones in all my hands from just being a bit of a wild youth.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, bit of a scrapper, bit of a scrapper, bit of
2: a, bit of a scrapper, yeah. bit, of a, bit of a well, just an angry young man, really. Yeah, but, 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 yeah go yeah. out and get silly, but
0: absolutely perfect drummer material. Perfect.
2: Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess so. Stereotypical
0: drummer, really. <laughs> I don't know, but well. That's one way of looking at it. I wouldn't say stereotypical. I would just say made to be a drummer. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh,
2: definitely.
0: definitely. Yeah, fucking hell, man. And that, and so nowadays you're a bit more chill out, aren't you? You're not get you're not getting as many injuries and fucking. You know, yeah, you, yeah. I'm, you've try, got I'm trying. Ball.
2: I am trying. Yeah, I've got a, got a baby now. Um, yeah. She's awesome. Little, little daughter Ashlyn. Love her to bits. She, she's fucking amazing. And she definitely has uh, kind
0: of put a few things into perspective for me. But there's still a few, yeah. you know. Obviously, there's there's still the odd wild night. <laughs> there's still a fucking glint in your eyes. There's still there's still yeah. a there's still a touch a touch of the void going on there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Oh, wait, you got to hold on to that. It's just about using it in the in the right way, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's about. letting letting that happen when the time is right and how has it been managing like um having a child i mean i think you're probably the second or third person to be a nod who's had had a kid the other two lads left pretty much left before their kids were born uh but you've managed to St- stick with it obviously because you love doing it and you, you I really can't imagine you not doing it yeah um, but you seem to have found a good balance between it you see you, you're managing it okay
2: yeah I mean I'm lucky as fuck because Ella my wife is super supportive um and we didn't have a baby out of the blue it was planned we yeah. talked about yeah. it beforehand and we both have a Little dreams on the side and things that we want to do, and we both discussed that first and said that if we're going to have a kid, we've got to make sure that we can still pursue the things we want to pursue. Like Ella's wants to be a yoga teacher. She's before just before we had Ashlyn, she did a yoga teacher training course, so she's qualified. Um, And obviously, I still want to do the music. I missed out a little bit in the first year, which is obviously natural because it was a yeah. Shock to the system, and very much hard work. And you, I wouldn't have been able to leave ella without, you know, I had to be there. But we've, we're, we're making it work. Anything's possible, in it? If you want things, up, if you, if you want things to happen, you make them happen. Um, and we're both. On same, I love it. And we're both yeah, on the same it. page in that regard. So you know, there will be things yeah. that I can't do, but it, I can still do most most of it. Like you know, we're going away for four weeks in in May. Yeah. And it just, you know, just
0: when I get back, I'll I'll just make up for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are lucky. Ella's an amazing woman, man. She's fucking sound, isn't she? Do you know what I mean? you yeah, yeah. got a good Incredible. thing. Going you've, both, you've both got a good thing going on there. Yeah. 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 nice. Nice man. Fucking nice. Yeah, so um oh yeah, so I mean, so now uh, jp yourself and chris there. you've got uh, another lot of band on the go haven't you holy scum yep. so yep. how the how did that co- how did that come about well weirdly pete pete taylor the guitarist
2: is another Milton Keynes head um this is a bit funny, That's right. That's yeah. funny yeah yeah funny story yeah. for me anyway because he um Back when I was working in the bay, or so, what we looking at two thousand and fucking twelve or something like that, he put a, a thing on Facebook. I think at the time, saying he was looking for a, a, a drummer because he, he he used to do a guitar orchestra, kind of similar to Ex-Easter Island had that sort of vibe.
0: Yeah, I remember. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. He did it after Action Beat, and he was looking for a drummer. And I didn't really know him, but I knew him as part of the Milton Keynes crew. So I fucking yeah. sent him a message, saying, oh man, as you know, like as always, do if someone wants a drummer, I'm like, oh, I'm up for playing drums, and mm-hmm. um, you know, give me a shout back if you're if you're interested." Um, four years later, I got a reply from him, <laughs> <laughs> saying that you know, if you want to get together and have a jam, let's start a band. And I think it kind of happened like that, basically. We we both got chatting about doing a band and then i think i mentioned chris i'm not sure did, i can't remember did, did pete get in touch with you chris or no i,
1: definitely, I think, I, definitely I, think I think you said to me um you know you were drumming with pete
2: yeah
1: and um you were lo- they were looking for a bass player and would yeah. i be interested in uh coming down and having a few jams yeah And yeah, it it was a really good time for me because I'd not played bass for a while, and I was just thinking, like, I really miss playing bass. I wish I could play bass in a band again. And then it just happened like that. And then I remember coming down, and then not really knowing what you were wanting. I was like, What do you want to sound like? Do you want this or do you want this or is this too heavy? Is this too quiet? I just didn't have a clue what you wanted, and I couldn't gauge anything from what Pete was doing. That wasn't his reaction.
2: Pete's thing was just like, no structure, no structure. Yeah. <laughs> like his thing, so it was like, well, we'll just fucking jam then, shall we? Yeah. And,
1: then,
2: you know, like it was, it was interesting for me because he was like, you know, I'd be playing and he'd be like, no symbols, no symbols, and all this sort of <laughs> stuff. And like, all right. And then he's like, like play Glenn Branca beats and I'm like, I fucking never really listened to Glenn Branca. So I was just like, don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah. But we, we, Kind of had those jams for about a year, didn't we? And, and yeah. we just everything. And then, for me, at one point, it was like I was thinking, like, what are we actually fucking doing? Like, yeah. what is this? Are we just meeting up and and doing something that doesn't make any sense? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it kind of just clicked. Um, I think really it was when Mike got involved. I guess. Yeah. Um. So Mike, Mike Mair from Dalek got his he, mates with Pete from back in the day, and he got involved and, and did some stuff with the tracks and it started sounding good. And yeah, I think like we, we started playing a few gigs, didn't we? And we did that gig with you, Paddy, down at the Pier, I think that was one of our first gigs, was it? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it yes. was just like
2: <laughs> it was just a fucking like no holes bar, just go go for it, and kind of similar to Nod on the energy level,
0: Yeah,
2: like just pummeling fucking I mean Chris's bass lines are, are, for me are some of the best bass lines to play drums to because it's, it's just beefy, heavy repetitive. I can play one beat and Chris is good at moving around that beat so I don't have to think yeah. as much I don't know. I, I really liked. I listened to, back to some of the Holy Scum jams, and I'm like, I'm I'm playing like the same thing, but the bass is doing all this stuff around it that makes it way more interesting. And then, yeah. and then Taylor, Taylor's guitar is just fucking sick.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> fucking horrible noise, for the, and it just I really yeah. It's another band that I feel fortunate to be in now, and I feel like we're, we're heading in a really good direction. Good things
0: are happening. Um, so
2: yeah
0: it's, uh, so what, what have you what have you got coming up what have Holy Scum got coming up yeah I mean but I don't know when this podcast is coming out actually so so we're touring I mean, you are to- you're gonna-
2: touring in February for a week from the 14th um, yeah. and then we've got Roadburn in April which is fucking massive yeah considering, I mean I feel that, like that's a hell of a thing considering we've been a band I mean, we've been a band for quite a long time, but you've got to take lockdown into account. So really, we've probably been active for only like a year to two years. Yeah. We've been invited, we've you know, we put a record out on Rocket. We've been invited to play Roadburn, which is fucking awesome. Um, and we're going to record a, a new album, hopefully at the end of February, beginning of March, which we've got most of the tracks written for now. It's just hopefully... It's kind of a similar thing to what they'll do. We're going to take it out on the road and hopefully tighten them up a bit and then get in the studio and record them. And, and that'll be, a, be the second album. Uh, cool. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting stuff, really.
0: Yeah. Again, nice.
2: It's, good. Just, it's an, another band that seems to be working well, where we can get in a room together and, and come out with stuff that's fucking good.
1: And, Did you do and, something recently with Ageing as well?
2: Yeah. I've literally just got the tracks back tonight. Dave's just sent them me. Um, nice. We did two days at um, Steve from APAT Studio in Liverpool. Uh, it's called, it's it's it's, I think the studio is called It's What Studio or What Studio. Mm. It's got a really, really nice space above the church in Liverpool, in the in the, in the Gothic Quarter in Liverpool. Um, and we, we went in there totally blind, did two days of just jamming piano, drums, two guitars, bass, and then a load of horns on, on overdubs. And it was yeah, it was there was no no real ideas, but we just jammed. And I, I had a quick listen to a couple before and it sounds fucking great. Um but we've got two we basically got two aging albums ready to almost ready to go if you like. Need mixing and and like final touches, but but
0: that, that should be something that will come nice. out this um, Will Dave put them out on Tuned Visions?
2: Uh, I would think so. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so tell us about this uh, solo record that you're working on. And you're working on your own solo thing.
2: Uh, yeah, I am. Like, yeah, basically, that is, I've all, like, I love trying to write songs. I'm not proficient on bass guitar or any of that stuff but i like to have a go um i feel like i like writing songs from a drum point of view so like i'll write a drum part that in my head is melodic and then i'll try and add a very simple melody with whatever instruments i've got to hand um and then Trying a bit of vocals on top but the whole the whole point of that was just to have something to focus on for me that's got like not really doesn't it doesn't ha- i mean i want other people involved but it's something that i can just do on my own in my own time because i you know i have a lot of time at home now with, with the kid and stuff so i've got a nice setup now at home. Good good like little um i've just bought a new interface and a new computer that's really nice and i'm just trying to home my skills in mixing as well. So it's it, it really, it's just a bit of a, a bit more of a release for me to like maybe put some of my
1: thoughts into music. You, you must like. spend, you must spend like yeah. all your free time doing music. Is that right? The,
2: yeah, yeah. Every minute I get, I'm on, I'm on Logic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. What keeps you what keeps you going? Is there anything that just keeps you going? Like because you must have times where you're just like, fucking, this is doing my head in, I can't be asked for this. Yeah. You know. What, well, you, what is it that keeps is, you going I mean, through it?
2: What what I've always done, especially over the last sort of, I don't know, five I guess since we got Brunswick Mill, which was probably even 2017, is every time I go in there, I re- I just record everything that I do. So I've got gigabytes of fucking drum tracks and drum takes and just everything recorded. So I've got just a load of stuff that I can sift through and I'll try and find something in that. If there's a sample, like a loop, I'll make something out of that. And for me, it's like um, I, I might find like a new plugin or like a new... Just a new way of processing the drums that excites me and it sounds good and that'll like give me a buzz to go and do more. Like I just don't get bored of it. I just Mm. just don't get bored. There is times when I think, I mean, I've got a million unfinished songs and and stuff Mm. like that, but um, I just like making music and a, a lot of it is just for me, you know. I don't have like a grand vision of putting out a record that other people are going to necessarily enjoy or listen to it's more about making stuff that's personal to me that I like and it's kind of like a Mm. it's like a therapy like I I, like I like to make these tunes and then I'll sit downstairs at night when everyone's gone to bed have a little drink and a smoke and listen to it and enjoy it for what it is And, and just that's kind of like what a lot of it is but but part of the reason of me wanting to do a solo thing is is I feel like I should put it out there, just for the crack. Yeah. Just so other people can hear it. No expectations. Like, I'm not expecting people to turn around and be like, well, this is fucking amazing. I want to put it out. You should be doing some gig. Like, it's a solo recording project where, hopefully, I can you know, um, put some of my thoughts into music, really.
0: Yeah. I think I mean, you should let like, I think sorry. you should put it out whether you just put it out on it on it on whether you just put it out digitally or ever, I think it would be good for people to hear it because yeah we've all heard it in yeah. the band because you've played it to us when you've when you've you've got a bit well, less thing. On I, tour I, and I, I'm slightly like, like
2: it, I guess I'm slightly nervous about how good it is <laughs> in in the sense that it's not like a fucking full on yeah I, I
0: don't think I don't think you should worry about that at all I think you don't you shouldn't give a fuck about any of that it's just because music really right at the end of the day it's just all about feel isn't it do you know yeah, what I mean exactly it doesn't, matter how, how, it doesn't matter how good you are playing something or how bad you are playing something or or any of that it's just all about feel and if you get the magic right and the feel right people are going to hear it and feel it and, and, that, and that's fucking it and and who cares if people don't anyway? Because one thing you can guarantee, at least some people, even if it's just one or two people, are going to like it. And that's yeah. always, an, for me, that's a, always a buzz. And I I have, I have, always get excited about putting out m- music that maybe nobody will hear, just because it's just a lot of buzz to think maybe somebody will, you know, just do it. Just, just I mean, do that it. That
2: is one of my goals for this year, is to actually fucking correlate some of the stuff because i have got so much stuff is to try and correlate it and 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 put, just put something out what i did was i got a got a lot of it together and i thought in my fucking wisdom that if i re-recorded it i could do it better and i tried that at christmas and i couldn't so it's basically the first release is just going to be all the demos, I did a lot of stuff in lockdown at home, so it's just going to be the demos and, and, and things like that, and I'm just going to put it out under the name Waiting Mode, and mm-hmm. and that's going to be it, really, and then I'm just going to keep adding to it. It'll just be a Bandcamp Digi thing, mm-hmm.
0: um,
2: and people can cool. check it out if they want. Uh, yeah a cool lot of A lot of it's just drums, a lot of it's drums and bass, and some of it's got vocals on, you know, it's they're not songs, they're more just like little clips some of
0: them are
2: two yeah. minutes, right. minutes. It's just. just I think
0: the the ones I've heard are fucking great, man. So I think you should definitely let yeah. more people let more people have access to them if yeah, they want.
2: They'll, they'll definitely be going up online this All year.
0: Right. Cool, that's good. That's good, man. Mm. Well, man, I feel like I feel like we've covered a fair bit there, really, haven't we? We fucking covered the bones of it. Is there anything that is there anything we need to mention? Is there anything we've talked about holy scum? Yeah. Um I think that's it, man. You know, I think all that remains to be said is what I say to all the all you lads what play music with, which is, you know, thank you very much for fucking sticking around and playing and playing in the band and being a mate. Um uh, yeah, you know, it's such a. I've said this to everyone now. It's such a tight unit. Now it's such a. Um, it's it's kind of turned into something that maybe I didn't think it would ever turn into, but I always wanted to turn into, which is like almost like a proper group. You know, it's a rare like,
2: thing, isn't it, for me? Like, yeah. not not I consider family. Almost, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's that much of a tight bunch now that I don't feel like I just play in a band called Nod that does shows. In my, you know,
0: I feel like we're a very tight-knit group of mates. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah, and and unit. It, it, our unit yeah. It's, take, it's taken on a sort of strange sort of family thing. It has, it really has. It's It's become bigger <clears throat> than, uh, It's yeah, it's become a strange thing, Nod. And I'm really glad that it is where it's at now with the people that are in it. And I, I just, you know, I, I'm very grateful, man, and very, and I appreciate you very much and your contribution to it. It's fucking, it's great. And I hope we can continue to keep doing it for a long time, you know? Yeah, me too, man. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool, cool. My well, it, up. it your arms fall off. But then, <laughs> even when your arms fall off, even when your arms fall off, we'll be we'll, we'll do it remember when Jean Herve were playing with Faust, and yeah, Zappi yeah. Zappy had a broken arm, yeah. and he couldn't he couldn't play the drums, and Jean herve was like, "Fucking, play the beat, play the beat properly <laughs> and, uh, and we're like, fucking hell, like, he's, Genevieve, he's, he's got a fucking broken arm, and he's like, I don't care if he's got no arms. <laughs> There's always a way. He, he better true. play that beat properly. <laughs> 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 fucking yeah. hell, that was, that was insightful, hanging around with those two and seeing the dynamic of two lads who've been playing music together for, what, since the 70s.
2: That that show that you did at Gorilla, obviously I wasn't playing, but fuck that was that was one of the best gigs I've been to. like it was a fucking hell of a gig. That yeah, was a, hilarious.
0: Yeah. Gig yeah. and an
2: experience. Like it was it was a fucking hell of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah, was, was when good. he had his, he had his broken arm then, didn't he?
0: He did have a broken arm then, yeah, he yeah, did, yeah. Fucking yeah. <laughs> hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was good crack. Yeah, it was a good old show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. John Perry, we love you. Thank you for being a part of, of the Nod experience for since 2015, 16. 15, yeah. It's very much appreciated. Cheers, John. Um, yeah. No, nice one. Take care. Take care of yourself.
2: Take it easy. Yeah, yeah. All right. Guys, Ciao, nice brother. One.